For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in to the 48 Minutes Podcast on Believe, presented by Bet Online. I'm Ross Geiger, joined alongside Bruce Bernstein of Pure Hoops Media and World B Michael Freer. This is the much awaited, highly anticipated Damian Lillard Mega Deal Emergency Podcast. But before we dive into things with a very special guest, football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, that is B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And Bruce, let's start things off with you introducing our legendary guest. Well, uh, he'll be joining us in a matter of seconds. He's a legendary figure in 20th century basketball, both in college and in the NBA. And he's just seconds away from joining us. We'll be with him in just a moment. Our guest needs no introduction, but he's getting one anyway. Marcus Johnson is a basketball legend. He played on John Wooden's final NCAA championship team in 1975. He was National College Player of the Year in 1977. He was the number three overall pick in the 1977 NBA draft. Spent his first seven seasons as a member of the Milwaukee Bucks before finishing up with the LA Clippers and the Golden State Warriors. His number 54 was retired by UCLA. His number eight was retired by the Bucks. He's a five-time All-Star, a four-time Emmy Award-winning Bucks TV analyst, and he can still dunk at age 67, at least according to his Facebook page. Welcome to 48 Minutes, Marcus Johnson. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is where it all started. This is where it all began, huh? You guys yep, got right. the ball rolling and wound up <laughs> our court. Real quick story, Marcus. One of my really good friends, a guy by the name of Marcus Edge, he was a researcher at ESPN. He worked with us. When he was in third grade, he had his parents change the spelling of his first name from Marcus to Marcus as you as your name is spelled he told you this one time at a warriors game and he said you looked at him like he was tripping uh so you want to tell him he's still tripping or what no not at all you know you know how those things are uh i'm i'm, I'm honored that he felt enough about me as a basketball player to uh honor me with uh, changing the spelling of his name. So after all these years, I want to make up for <laughs> I was probably having a bad day. You never know what was going on in my life at that particular moment in time. You know how it is, guys. But uh, I do appreciate that. It's funny. I've run into absolutely probably no less than 20 to 25 young men throughout the years that have uh, uh, 
that, that have been named after me. Marcus uh, Tuyasasopo, the quarterback, is one of those guys. This is uh, really, yeah, yeah. Manu Tuyasasopo nice. was a UCLA guy, and so so it, it's very interesting how I run into guys like that all the time who have uh, that M-A-R-Q-U-E-S, and uh, a lot of it had to do with uh, their fans, uh, their parents being fans uh, you know, of mine during the 70s and 80s. So, Well, Marcus grew up in San Diego, so I'm pretty certain he was a big UCLA fan. So uh, yeah. uh, anyway, so all right, enough about Marcus Edge. Let's, let's, let's look forward, not back. What was <laughs> your first reaction when you heard that Dame Lillard was coming to the Bucks? It's funny. I was taking a nap, my old man nap, as I call it, in the afternoon, about you know two o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon, and and I and I woke up and I had all these text messages, and then uh, you know, is it true? Is is it a done deal? Did my son Chris text me and told me that uh, it was a done deal that Dame Lillard was a Milwaukee Bucks? So it really caught me off guard. I'm like everybody else. I thought Miami was going to be the destination. Just a question of uh, what they were going to work out, and. Uh, so I was I was I was stunned. I was stunned and 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 um pleasantly uh pleasantly stunned. But let me say this. Being out in Milwaukee, not closely following Dame Lillard, you know, you know the numbers, 32 points a game and the and the deep shooting and all the stuff that he's brought to the table, but I wasn't really aware of just how good he was, you know, I thought, okay, we're getting a good player. And now let me look at some, some, some game film uh, from uh, synergy. My good friend, Matthew Curley hooks me up uh, with, with the synergy uh, subscription. So I get a chance to look at any game, any player, co- college pro, whatever. So I just started looking at, at Dame Lillard game footage uh, in terms of pick and roll, a ball handler spot up coming off screens, uh, all these areas where he rates out as excellent. And man, I was blown away with his offensive savvy. I knew he was a scorer, 32 points a game. Anybody that scores 32 points a game, the guy averaged 26 by second year. I could have scored 30 a number of years in a row if Nelly would have allowed me to, to do so, Don Nelson, but he wanted me to <laughs> average 20 and 21 my third year. So I did that. But but my point is that so I appreciate a guy. Anybody gets 30 points a game, I don't care what era. I mean, you're, you're doing work. And even though um, it's probably a little easier nowadays to score based on how the rules and everything have have evolved over the over the last few years, but watching his footwork, watching his savvy, watching his change of pace, watching his in and out dribble, watching how he accelerates in a small uh, confined space to get to the basket and separate from defenders, watching him dunk. I mean, you know, I didn't I didn't realize his athleticism was consistently at that level. And I'm watching him dunk four or five times, trying to dunk on people, dunking on people, uh, catching bigs by surprise. And uh, now I'm elated. So I went from being, you know, just kind of surprised and, and, and then, okay, we made a, made a big deal with his center of the basketball universe to this point right now, man, I'm blown away. I'm, I'm blown away. I think this is going to be a remarkable uh, pairing, great synergy between he and Giannis and Chris Middleton. Uh, our big three, I think now the game gets easier for all of them. And I'm just looking forward to this season. It's going to be so much fun watching these guys operate. I couldn't agree more with you there, Marcus. I was blown away myself. I mean, the Bucks now have two guys that were members of that NBA All-75 anniversary team, which is quite spectacular there. But when it comes to Giannis and Dame, I can't think of another star in the NBA with a closer mindset worth ethic and competitiveness similar to, to Giannis's. I think Dame really 
comes from humble beginnings, obviously went to Weber State, um, was kind of an overlooked guy um, coming, you know, going into college. You know, when you when you look at both of these superstars and you look at that duo, I mean, how do you think that will mesh personality wise? Do you see the the same things that I, I, I'm kind of seeing? Well, look, Ross. So, so what I did, you know, I've got to do my due diligence. So I call my good buddy, Kevin Calabro. We worked together with the Sonics uh, back in the yep. 90s, with those great Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, George Carl teams. And so Kevin has done Blazer games forever. Took a little bit of a respite a couple of years back, but but he's watched Dame closely. So I want to get the dirt. Tell me, tell me the real deal about this guy. Look, he's got this great public persona. What's the real Dame story? Kevin told me flat out, and he and Lamar heard his uh, color analyst have. He says Lamar often says that Dame is 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 the, one of the greatest leaders in professional sports. So I'm like, what does he mean by that? Well, he, you know, he leads by example. He shows up early. He stays late. He works constantly on his on his skill package, on his game, improving his craft. Uh, not only that, he's a guy that treats everybody with dignity and respect, from the lowest ball boy, uh, usher, whomever it happens to be, to uh, the number two guy on the team, whomever that happens to be. And so I'm hearing all this stuff, and that uh, just adds to my feelings about how, how good it is to have him in Milwaukee because Giannis is, is, is from a similar ilk. Uh, humble beginnings, as we all know about his story, but Giannis is 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 the genuine article. You know, he 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 because he, he, he wears his emotions on his sleeve sometimes. I won't say to his detriment, but but you know, he'll he'll speak his mind, tell you how he really feels about certain situations, which was the impetus of probably of a lot of this happening the way it did, and it happened on forty eight minutes, as a matter of fact. But uh, <laughs> but but Dame Lillard, hey, I know you guys love that. You, you love the, yes, right, right, yeah, and, and I don't blame you because when Giannis first said that on your show, I was like, oh boy, here we go. You know, he's kind of stirring the pot. Where is this going to wind up? But. You know, it, it, it's interesting how things like that happen, and and it is a testament to John Horst and, and our and our um, personnel people that they had the guts to pull the trigger and make something happen, and understanding that these windows of opportunity for one of the top, well, we two, three players in the league between he he and Jokic and Embiid, maybe top three guys in the world right now. Uh, you've got to maximize that window to get him another championship. And Giannis called it out. I'm a winner. I'm a Milwaukee Buck, but first and foremost, I'm a winner. And I want to see the same commitment to winning that I have. And by doing this, the Bucks uh, executives showed Giannis that, you know, we want to win too. Look, that thing tasted so good two years ago. Hadn't won a championship in 50 years. The city, the Deer District, I mean, everybody is still on still on a bit of a high from what happened two years ago. And it's just, a, and some organizations would have stood pat. And so, yeah, we got a champion, got him one championship over the last four or five years. You know, come on. But this organization understands that uh, you still have a have a window to get things done with Giannis, with Chris Middleton, with Brooke Lopez and the nucleus that we have. And I'm just um, I, I'm just so I'm, I'm grateful as, as someone who's going to be sitting uh, uh, there watching game after game, calling game after game that I get a chance to to see uh, how this thing comes together with such an outstanding talent as Dame Lillard. And to get back to your point, I mean, his. Uh, from from what I understand, talking with uh, Kevin Calabro and some other people, uh, he's going to bring just a great, great work ethic and attitude and everything that you like to see in a young ball player. Not so young, but but <laughs> all relative. Yeah. Compared to us, he's young. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before this, before this trade happened, the consensus was that the Bucks were still the favorite 
in the East going into the season. It was, I believe, them and the Celtics, perhaps. Boston, Boston, one or the other. They were, yeah, that's fair. But now with this deal, but it was really, with those two being the favorites, we'll say that in the East, it really sounded though like the power was out West. So the teams, after the Suns made their moves, the Nuggets win the championship, LeBron gets to the conference finals there. It seemed like all the all the conversation as far as NBA champion was yes. Can you talk about how much this trade really just changes the the uh, outlook in the NBA? Yeah, it does. I mean, I, the pendulum swings, um, I think, somewhat back toward Milwaukee. But when you got Bradley Beal and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and, and then the um, kind of the French pieces they were able to put around them uh, with the Portland deal, I mean, you still like what, what they got going on in Phoenix. But um, I just believe that Milwaukee, uh, with the, uh, the talent that we have, with the, with, and it's not so much even the talent, which is always the major thing, but, it, but it's the experience of guys that have been there before and have won a championship two years ago and still have that taste in their mouth, still understand what it, what it takes to come back being down to love to Brooklyn and beating them in the seventh game and being down to love to Phoenix and coming back and winning that in six, you know, so these are guys that know kind of, kind of how to, how to, uh, you know, traverse that, 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 that championship road and Pat Connaughton between Giannis and uh, I mentioned Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton and these guys. And so um, I really believe that uh, right now, the league has taken notice. Uh, we are the center of the basketball universe right now, which which means there's more pressure. We got a first year coach, Adrian Griffin, who, who I'm really impressed with. He's got enough basketball uh, savvy and experience uh, with Nick Nurse in Toronto, and 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 his his basketball journey is uh, you know sprinkled with uh, being associated with some really really top notch coaches. So uh, it's going to be a challenge, but that's the other thing, you know. And I don't know if this is just <laughs> you know serendipity or what, but to hire Terry Stotts when we yeah. did, who coached Dame for what eight years in Portland, had one of the yep. top offenses uh, in terms of offensive rating in the league, three, four years in a row, top three, top four teams in the league. So if anybody can figure out and help Adrian Griffin kind of figure out the best ways to use Dame, and that's the other thing people talk about. Well, maybe Giannis and and Dame is going to be issues about whose team it is, who needs the ball. They are two totally different players. Giannis is one of these guys who can get it who will get you in position to win a basketball game, you know, into the middle of the fourth quarter. Now you've, you've always, I've always said Chris Middleton was our closer. And now you've got a Dame Lillard, Dame time, Dame Lillard <laughs> as uh, one of the top clutch players. When you look at his clutch numbers, the last five years in the league, that's going to help Giannis. That takes a lot of pressure off of him. You know, Giannis missed what 14, 15 free throws, I think in, in that closeout game against uh, Miami. And now you've got a guy that gets to the free throw line 10 times a game and Dame Litter, who's a career 90% free throw shooter, shot 91 last year. Man, that bodes well for uh, being able to pull out close games down the stretch. You know, when, when Giannis was on our show a couple of weeks ago, we played word association with him. Uh, and I said, Drew Holiday, and his response was, best teammate ever. I always saw Drew as like a super duper, like a super glue guy on this team. Not only was he just kind of a glue guy, but he was a super talented glue guy that did everything for them. Now we know with Giannis and Brooke, they got great rim protection, but Drew's absence at the defensive end is going to be tough to replace. So I would ask you, will Dame's offense and let's say the Pat Conton grittiness 
be able to offset the loss of Drew's perimeter defense, Marcus? <clears throat> Let me start off by saying that we appreciate the contributions <laughs> of Drew Holiday. He was uh, instrumental in bringing a championship to Milwaukee. His professionalism, um, his game management, his toughness, uh, all those elements that he brings to the table have been um, nothing but, but, but major assets to this organization. But <laughs> there's always a big but. But <laughs> as, so, so we're saying Drew is what, top two or three maybe on-ball defenders in the league at his position. Jimmy Butler averaged 38 points a game against, against us in the playoffs last year. 38 points a game against Drew Holiday as a primary defender. This is an offensive game now, gentlemen. It's all about outscoring the opponent. So Drew, as good a defender, as great a defender as he is, Jimmy Butler, 56, 42, 35. I think his low game in that series was 25. Couldn't get him off the free throw line. You know, anytime you, you touch a guy now, it's, you know, so now it's all about outscoring your opposition. So Drew fulfilled his role admirably, more than adequately. Uh, it fulfilled it as, as well as could be expected. But now it's time to move on and understand that this game is about outscoring your opponent, especially in the play. We have been putrid. I forget. At one point, we were like three for 21 or something in the fourth quarter against Miami. And, and, and that's that's been a consistent recurring theme for this Bucks team in the Boone, Boone, in Mike Boonehose in, in, in this era. And not no knock on Mike. Our defense has, has been the thing that sustained us. But offensively, especially in fourth quarter situations, man, we have just not been able to deliver. And so this is another thing that the organization has been able to address with the acquisition of Dame Lillard. Yeah, he's going to give up something defensively. But Drew average, I think, 17, Jimmy 38. So he's outscoring him by like 20 points a game. That's not going to happen with Dame Lillard. So Jimmy will still get his. I mean, we can find somebody else that'll hold Jimmy to 38 points a game. <laughs> but now <laughs> Dame Lillard is going to go out there and get his 30 to 35 on given situations and, 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 and match him bucket for bucket down the stretch. And that changes the dynamics. So I understand what we're saying about the loss of a great defensive player. But the game has evolved. This is an offensive game right now, and you need elite offensive talent, I believe, to win in this league. Now, Marcus, with Media Day just around the corner on Monday, you know, of course, this is a huge dramatic change at the last second here. How big is it for the Bucs, especially with a first-year head coach and Adrian Griffin, to kind of change the narrative? I mean, obviously, the last couple of weeks, it's been a lot of pressure and stress on the Bucs, whether or not they could keep Giannis. Obviously, they made a move like this to show their commitment to winning, to win now with Dame Lillard. How big is it going into Monday now that they 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 made this trade? I mean, they've they've showed they're all in. How how big is that for this team to not have that distraction? Well, I mean, it's major. I mean, the city is buzzing. My barbershop king cuts on on, on Hampton Avenue. I'm getting texts from everybody about the trade and do I like it and, and how do I feel about it? And people are excited about it. You got everybody talking about it. And so that that in itself, you generate that kind of interest going into training camp. You know, that kind of kind of slingshot you, catapult you into a running start going into camp because now you can, you know, legitimately set your sights on a championship. Not that you couldn't do it before with Drew, you could. But now this has enhanced your opportunities even more. So just to have that dynamic in play with this team, new coach, fresh, fresh approach, new coaching staff, uh, and now you've got a dynamic new player coming in also, that's the kind of energy that, that, that you can thrive off of as a basketball player. Because now 
It's not stagnant. Everything is changing around you and the optimism is going to reign supreme. And you just can't wait to get out there and try and fulfill all the expectations that people are throwing out. You know, you embrace that. John Wooden talks about competitive greatness, how you how you enjoy a difficult challenge. And my thing is you embrace a difficult challenge. These these guys have competitive greatness. I'm talking about Coach Wooden's pyramid of success. They've got that competitive greatness. And now they've got even more so of a reason to get out there and have the adrenaline you know, just off the off the charts and the energy off the charts and having something to look forward to to get get you through the drudgery of tour days and all that that's that starts off the beginning of the year. And now you're doing it with a whole different attitude. So from that standpoint, this is the the, the timing couldn't have been more perfect. And now Marcus, the million dollar question here before we get into our halftime break is will Milwaukee win it all this year? How are you feeling? Well, we got to stay healthy. That's obviously that's always number one. If we stay healthy, if we stay healthy, our key guys stay healthy. It's just going to be tough to beat this team right now because our biggest, most glaring weakness was falling apart offense. Look, man, the recurring nightmare that I have all off season is Giannis getting a defensive rebound to Miami. We're down one twenty eight, one twenty six. He pushes up the floor. Passes to Chris, passes to Grayson. We can't get a shot off in 10 seconds to tie a two-point basketball game or possibly win it with a three. I'm 67 years old. I'm getting a shot off. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, if I got to turn my back, I'm going to get a shot off. This team could not get a shot off. And that just that was a microcosm of the, of the offensive uh, deficiency and struggles that this team has had for a number of years now in close games. And that's what made Chris Middleton so – so valuable and 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 his um injury situation and, and how it impacted him some personal things he went through uh impacted him really hurt us because he was our closer and now we've got two guys and, and who can close in a dame lillard dame time who really relishes and embraces those types of high pressure situations so that to me is is is, is the key that's going to push us over the hump and I think going to make us uh, the team to beat not only the Eastern Conference, but in the NBA this season. Definitely exciting times. And Marcus, we appreciate you being with us. With us, We've reached our halftime buzzer. We're going to take a quick break and come back with you for a quick second half. Okay. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we're back with the start of the second half. Bruce? Bruce, you're on mute. So thank you, Ross. Uh, Marcus, Blazers general manager Joe Cronin really kind of stuck it to Miami by holding out for a better deal than what the Heat offered. And trading Dame to Miami's conference rival was a really nice little twist of the knife on top of that. Okay. But now that the Blazers have Drew Holiday, you'd think, you know, maybe Miami might want to discuss a deal for him. So as far as front office drama is concerned, this is pretty hard to beat, isn't it? Oh, man, this is great because... As, as someone who's gotten to know Drew over these past three years or so, you know, you want to see him in a position where he can succeed and, and, and have an opportunity to compete 
uh, and win. And let's I'm not going to say compete for a championship because we want that to come to Milwaukee. But you want to see him be in a situation where he's having fun. He's winning. He's in the playoffs. He gets a chance to shine. And and uh, so there's some, some, some options out there that uh, are available to him. But I forget which baseball, Al Campanis, I forgot who it was that uh, was 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 known for acquiring players to keep the opposition from getting them. And so this is one of those kinds of moves also. Not that it was done for for, the, for those reasons. It's a byproduct. Uh, it's a positive byproduct for the Bucks. But you're able to keep Dame from Miami and, 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 and have him on your roster at the same time. So it's almost like a like a twofer. And uh, him down in Miami with Butler and, and Adebayo and, and everything I'm seeing, uh, watching him on videos recently, would have made them really, really tough for us to beat. And so we're just uh, happy he wound up uh, with us in Milwaukee. So, so looking at uh, the rest of the landscape for where Drew Holiday could land, of course, one of those teams is actually Los Angeles with the Clippers, where Drew Holiday is, of course, from. I mean, do you see this being a situation where he stays out west, or, or do you think there is potential that a team like Boston could get in the mix for uh, trade discussions? Well, I think at this stage of his career, what is he like 14 years in, came out after his freshman year at UCLA. I thought he was making a mistake, but it's turned out to be a great move for him. Um, uh, but 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 I think he's at a point now where he's going to really evaluate along with his wife, Lauren, kind of the, the situation is best for him and his family. And, you know, you got the Clippers, Ty Lue, players coach. You got Kawhi, you got Paul George, got some, some really good talent. You got a great owner in Steve Ballmer about to open up a new – uh, a building in another year or two here out in Inglewood, Los Angeles. So, you know, I mean, if I'm Drew, you know, uh, and, and look, this is a different uh, Milwaukee to Clipper dynamic than what I went through back in because I was going from, you know, a great Bucks organization to Donald Sterling. So that, that's a whole different thing. You're going from the Bucks to a Steve Ballmer. That's a good situation. Boston, that's a good situation. The tradition, uh, the talent, the wings, and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and, and Porzingis and what they've got to put out there. He's got some really good options right now to look at. We talk about Miami, Philly. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, if they're uh, willing to, to, to part with some of their assets, uh, you know, he could be a thorn in our side in the Eastern Conference. We're hoping that he winds up out west so we don't have to see him because he's still got some some really good years left ahead of him where he can do a lot of damage uh, against you. But um, he's got some great options. And so I'm, I'm thinking Portland is going to, um, you know, especially with Scoot Henderson being drafted, it, it, you know, adhere to what we're hearing about right now, move him to a, to a contender. And, um, and again, for, for my money, I would hope that it's uh, out West as opposed to one of the powerhouses here in Eastern conference. But if that happens to be the case, that's what makes the sport beautiful, man. It's all about competition and you roll a ball out until you see what happens. You know, Pat Riley and uh, the Miami Heat aren't really used to kind of having it done to them the way it was done to them in this little deal here. You know, the Heat really kind of look like a team in disarray. They don't have Dame. They lost two starters from last season. Gabe Vincent is now a Laker. I know you're a big fan of his. Max Struess is a Cavalier. And with Tyler Hero kind of knowing, look, the team was ready to move him all summer long, how much of a challenge do you think Eric Spolstra might have as far as uh, from the standpoint of team chemistry and kind of rebuilding that. Are you concerned or is that Miami Heat culture strong enough that that's not going to happen? That Miami Heat culture is impervious to everything you just said. Any any other organization, there, you know, the Knicks or somebody else, Nets, what's going on, I'd be concerned. But with Pat Riley, who is um, 
one of my favorite people in basketball. I used to play against Pat at the old men's gym at UCLA when he had the beard and the long hair and trying to get me to go to the beach and drink some beer and look at the pretty blondes out there and play volleyball. <laughs> I wish I'd have taken him up on that, but he's <laughs> seriously. But when I was coach of the Lakers, I digress here, but when I was with the Clippers, I had a great year my second year, and I was told that he was the, the main guy in the coaches' meeting for the all-star selection uh, phone call that, that really, really – uh, was 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 instrumental in me being an all star my, my my fifth and final time uh, back in 1986. But but Pat, his culture, uh, Eric Spoelstra, you know, to me the best coach in the NBA. You know, you can talk about Popovich and some of these other guys. Obviously, they're great coaches. But I, Spoelstra, my money, his adjustments, his uh, his mindset between that that combination of Riley and Spoelstra, these guys are so tough mentally that they'll take this however it turns out and turn it into a us against them type of dynamic. And we're underdogs and, you know, we've got to, you know, dig in and, 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 and do what we can to show that they'll, they'll find a way to use this to their benefit. So I'm not concerned about that. Yeah. They lose uh, Gabe Benson, who I love. He was great in that, that final possession against the Bucks. He defended three guys and was the reason why Grayson Allen couldn't get a shot off when he uh, denied a pass to the right wing. In that possession, uh, Struess played well. I loved his athleticism. Uh, he blocked the West Matthews layup attempt that, that just showed everybody that, you know, we were old and it was time for us to, to get more athletic, get some Malik Beasley legs in there, get some younger legs in there, Marshawn Beauchamp, get some younger legs in there that that can, that can deal with some of this athleticism in today's NBA. So, um, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's it, it just uh, – this season is just shaking up to be um, – more exciting than I had two days ago, three days ago. I had no idea, you know, it was not like it was drudgery. I was looking forward to everything, new coach, new system, all that newness in Milwaukee, but now this takes it to a whole nother level. Hey Marcus, you mentioned earlier, you know, how this trade has created a buzz in the city of Milwaukee, you know, instantly as it naturally would with such a big deal. People don't realize or don't or forget whatever. Milwaukee's a really good sports town with a really good following, some really good teams out there. To, you know, the Packers, notwithstanding uh, Thursday night here, as they they're uh, getting it to handed to them by the Lions. But you know, you do have the Packers who are a name brand in the NFL, the Brewers who are uh, NL Central champs this year, and you got the Bucks who are you know two years removed from the NBA championship. Can you talk about what this what it's like to be? in that city, which is such a, do you consider it a really underrated sports town? Cause you don't hear it talked about enough. I don't think. Well, I, I think the finals against the Suns, uh, the deer district and, you know, 7,500,000 fans watching the game uh, from the deer district out in front of the arena. Uh, and, and it just so happened that we had the good fortune of uh, having the finals in July. So that made it, it made it a lot easier to enjoy the outside, but I think that gave the, the that changed the perception of Milwaukee a bit, maybe nationally, just just a little, maybe not 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 a lot, but at least a little. That uh, that it showed how rabid our fans are. Look, I played in Milwaukee from '77 to '84, good seven years, and the one thing that I've always appreciated is that our fans don't get like New York fans or Cub fans or whomever. They don't get you know overly dejected by failure as long as you go out there and you give them an honest day's work. And they appreciate effort. They appreciate energy. They appreciate, um, you know, just you you being civil in public situations. They, they don't bug you. They don't hound you for autographs, that whole thing. So it's a different mindset with Milwaukee people that I really love. 
And I think the fact that we were able to put it together the way we did a couple of years ago, Coach Budenholzer and staff, and uh, the way we won the championship down to love, as I mentioned, the Brooklyn and, and the Phoenix Suns come back and win those series. Um, that would probably be enough for this fan base to live off of for a few more years to come. So, you know, kudos to uh, to management for understanding that you got to maximize Giannis's window and uh, let's let's bring another one home to Milwaukee. So trust me, the fans are going to be just super appreciative of the fact, whether we win it or not, that the um, the organization is at least going for it. Now, Marcus, last question here. Um, you, you, of course, mentioned the finals against the Phoenix Suns. Of course, this is a three-team deal. Another championship contending team was involved in this deal with DeAndre Ayton being shipped out of Phoenix to Portland. What are your thoughts of them moving on from their young, talented center? And uh, what's your outlook on Phoenix moving forward without uh, DeAndre Ayton and also in a, in a very unique circumstance where they don't really have a true point guard? They have Brad Beal and Booker in that backcourt. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a, a, a challenge uh, to kind of figure things out. And, and three ball-dominant players who are all capable of dropping 30 points a game on you uh, is also another challenge. But but again, in today's NBA, uh, which is a lot more score scoring-oriented than ever before, uh, that can't do anything but help you. And then the the, the – Kind of the kind of the the, the, the marginal pieces, the friend, the, the pieces around the margins that they they picked up in this deal, what they've got coming back, they'll be okay. They're going to be tough. I mean, anytime you got Kevin Durant uh, healthy and 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 playing as he is, cap- now he slowed down a little. I got I, I got to say that you're not able to just carry the load. Forty eight minutes, um, you know, eighty two games in the course of a year, but he won't have to now with Devin Booker and and, and Bradley Bill as you mentioned. So. Um, you know, they're still, you know, top two, three with the Lakers. Uh, Denver's lost a little bit. Bruce Brown leaving. I mean, a little bit, but people talk about like that, that that's a devastating blow. But as long as they've got Jokic and, 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 and uh, the, the, the guards and, 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 and Aaron Gordon and some of these guys who played so well all season long last year, uh, they're going to be tough to beat. So, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun year because you've got so much. Um, so many guys changed, so many star level players kind of changing scenery. I mean, Lakers pick up a, a Christian Wood who played with us, uh, the Bucks three or four years ago. He's going to help them. He's a guy that can give them 15 and eight on a given night, and, and they miss guys like that. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be competitive. It's going to be challenging, and it's given you know, NBA fans something to look forward to. Absolutely. And uh, Marcus, we want to thank you again for joining us here on the 48 Minutes podcast by Believe. We wish you the best of luck this season. We'll definitely be locked into Bucks games with you on the call, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, with that, that will do it for this edition of the 48 Minutes podcast on Believe, presented by Bet Online. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back with you next week to be sure you're up to date in 48 on all things around the association. Take care, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.